wonderful people. Welcome to Three Two One Hidden. Fabi Yasin here. Today we have with us Anne Trous, Anne Marie Trous, who is going to share some information about, well, relating specifically to food addiction and and overeating. And I think there's a lot of valuable nuggets in here that relate to gambling or the fact that it's they're both behavioral addictions as well as a lot of people who suffer from one can so- suffer from another. So without further ado, here is Anne. Hello, Anne. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. How are you today? Just fine, thank you. Would you mind starting us off with a brief introduction, who you are, where you're from, why you're here? Sure. Um, my name is Anne-Marie Taus, and I'm from just outside of Washington, D.C., uh, nation's capital uh, in Manassas, Virginia. And I am a mother of two. They're nine and a half years apart, so I have a 17-year-old and a 26-year-old. And let's see, I am a master transformational health coach, and I specialize with weight loss surgery patients who've regained weight, who are pretty much addicted either to food or to sugar, and are feeling like a failure, and they want to go, you know, become a success and achieve the, the weight loss that they've set out to to have. Wow, that's a big mission. Very relevant. I am. Um, I'm an ice creamaholic myself, so I can relate to the sugar thing. And I also noticed that since I've given up alcohol, I like sugar more. I have those cravings. So it sounds very specific. Do you mind sharing with us what kind of brought you to that space? Sure. Uh, 19 years ago, I actually had uh, what they call an open ruin Y, which is a gastric bypass where they uh, go in and they make your stomach about the size of, of your fist, maybe a little bit smaller uh, and reroute your intestines. Uh, so you do get malabsorption with that. And I went through a lot of ups and downs. I could maintain my weight for a while, but I was never a good eater. Um, I liked my sugar. I liked my chips. And so I started developing a lot of health issues, uh, hypothyroidism, um, hypoglycemia, which is um, when your blood sugar drops low, it would never go high, but it would always go low, um, because of how my eating and my malabsorption that was going on. So I came to really, um, a low point in my life where I started to get closer and closer to the, my starting weight when I had the surgery. And I just basically said, you know, enough is enough. Um, I have to find a way out and my way out was coming across, um, a coaching program that took me through not only how to coach other people, but I was able to get coached and through that transformational coaching, 
I understood where all of my problems, that addiction to food was really coming from in my belief system that I was not worthy. Um, and in changing all of those beliefs, then I could then address what foods were better for me and what I could do when that's those beliefs, that's that idea kept coming back into my mind and move forward and lose the weight and maintain that weight loss. And now I'm on a mission to um, really serve um, my brothers and sisters in the weight loss community. I would love to serve um, 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 um, of, of the weight in the weight loss surgery community to help them kick their addiction to, to food. That's a heck of a BHAG <laughs> <laughs> for my, for my audience and BHAG Anna and I have met in a, in a, a different kind of coaching program, a business program. And, um, BHAG is a big, hairy, audacious goal. And I love that, that you're shooting for 50,000. I want to ask you, I didn't understand one of the things that you said and well, I have two questions. One was you said that our stomachs are this for the surgery, the size of our fist. So I'm curious to what, do you have a comparable, what a normal size stomach size would compare to? Um, when they're done, if you took like two to four ounces is basically all the stomach right after surgery would hold. So if you imagine your, um, your stomach now is probably an eighth of the size that, it, that um, a regular person's is. Okay, thank you. And then malabsorption, I, I'm not familiar with that. Either. <laughs> I'm sorry to get technical, but no, I don't understand. No, um, it's, it's a term that when we eat food, our body absorbs all the nutrients from that food and how it processes that food. And when you reroute what God gave us uh, as far as your intestines is concerned, you lose some of that ability to break down the food and absorb those nutrients. So it's, it's extremely important then to supplement uh, your diet with um, vitamins and mineral supplements because your body doesn't absorb it like a like you would normally a normal person. Okay, thank you. I'm clearer now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to say normal people because I think that even a you know a weight loss surgery patient is a normal person. It's just that they've undergone surgery to help them lose weight. Um, but yeah. So you're, okay, now I can get back into your, your story a little bit. So you're working with this transformational health coach. Mm -hmm. And can you share a little like what that experience was? Like, what was the timeline? What kind of maybe some of the activities or your process to like, would you have considered yourself like a sugar addict before the surgery and changing how you eat today? Oh, yeah. I was definitely a sugar addict. Um, 
but my sugar addiction is on a scale of one to five is a prop was probably right at a three. I, my partner is a recovering alcoholic and his is at a six. <laughs> okay. Lots and lots of sugar uh, to account for that because alcohol is um, primarily sugar. Your body metabolizes it like sugar. So when you're not doing the alcohol, the sugar uh, comes into play. And we see that a lot even with weight loss surgery patients that uh, they switch their food addiction to alcohol addiction or even a gambling. They, it's, it's, there is a mindset of an addiction that is, is universal. If you have that gene or whatever it is that makes you susceptible to addiction, it doesn't matter what it is. If you stop one, you can pick up another one. Um, you know, my partner went years ago, <clears throat> had stopped alcohol and then got uh, addicted to prescription painkillers, got off the per prescription painkillers and got back on alcohol, got off alcohol, got on sugar. Um, so it is a vicious cycle when you, when you do, um, have that inside of you that you do are addicted. So that when I say, you know, I'm, I was like a three, I liked my sugar, but I didn't actually have to have it. It's just that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling sad or, oh, I've had a hard day. Oh, let me just have, you know, and we're talking about the, like the bite-sized Snickers. So, I mean, I could never eat, you know, like a, a large Snickers bar because it would make me physically sick, but I could have, I could have a, a, you know, snack size one or one of the snack size M&M peanuts and I'd be fine because when you overdose on sugar, when you're uh, a gastric bypass patient, it causes what they call dumping. You, your blood sugar drops, you get, you get sweats, you shake. Um, and sometimes you get diarrhea. Um, it, it depends on, on, the, on the person, how they, what their reactions are. Um, and it can be quite scary because uh, you can get dizzy and you can get nauseous. I mean, it's a whole gamut of when this, what they call dumping syndrome happens. But I, could, I knew exactly what that edge was and I'd get right up on that edge. Um, you know, yeah. So you, when you, when you can say that you do it every day, then I consider that more of an addiction. I wish people could see your face because uh, borderline, but I could give it up and I have given it up, you know? So that's, that's kind of really the beauty is that for me, I know I don't have that addictive quality but I do see that a lot in, in other people and being able to walk them through a, <clears throat> there's several different techniques that we use as transformational coaches. One of them is what we call, you know, a regression path where you 
identify what your belief is about yourself. Say for instance, um, here we go. So Bobby, what do you, what do you know? What do you believe uh, to be true about yourself? What do I believe to be true? Yeah. That I'm uh, capable of doing anything I put my mind to. Mm -hmm. That I'm brave when it comes to life choices. Maybe not so much with snakes and spiders, but brave with, um, you know, being independent. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I know is I'm pretty independent. Are you looking for negative things that I believe to be true? Well, what state are you in today? How do you feel today? Oh, what a day to ask. <laughs> Being the last day of my nine to five, um, I've been trying to figure out how I felt all day. And I'll be honest, I, it's been a weird week. And I don't know if I'm afraid. I don't feel like I'm afraid because of giving up a, sal you know, a consistent salary and putting all my faith into my dreams. I don't know if it's sadness because I'm not going to see my friends when everybody goes back to the office. I don't know if it's loss of security. I, I'm a little confused about my emotions today. I don't know if it's yay. I'm now officially on my own. Like I'm really having, yeah. I haven't sorted it out. Well, what would somebody that, um, has quit their job and is feeling full about um, a new adventure believe about themselves possibly? They have to believe they're capable. I think they would be excited and looking forward to it. But if they had the fear, oh, fear was, what would they have to believe about themselves to be fearful? They would have to, they would have to think that they're maybe not problem solvers, you know, like they couldn't come up with the solutions that they need that security. Like, so like when I called my mother, she cried when I told her I was, I had given my notice, she cried. And at first I was offended by that. And what it is, is people want that security. So the fear would come from lack of health insurance, lack of steady pay, the roof over my head, all those things would drive the fear. Exactly. But you said something very key. You said that, <clears throat> that they, the fear, they would have to believe that they're not capable. Okay. So I would key in on that. And then we would, what we would do is we would take a trip through time to a younger version of yourself where that fear of not being capable was first brought up. And usually when we're talking about beliefs, and this is what I found so fascinating going through um, coaching was our beliefs are created when we're very, very young, like around three or four years old. So before the age of five, so if we went back to that three or four year old, their beliefs are created out of their knowledge and their experiences. 
So what does a three or four year old really know and what have they experienced in the three or four years they've been on earth? Well, they gather that from everything that goes on around them. And when things are said or things are happening around them, then they have to make sense of that. And because they're natural pleasers, they take on a lot of um, the things that are going on around them. Say they were in an, uh, their parent was abusive or their siblings were very mean to them. Uh, then they, they would internalize that. Well, I'm not good enough. Oh, I must be stupid. Oh, I'm not worthy. These types of beliefs start to form. And if they're never addressed at that age, then we bring them forward with us into our adulthood. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because it's unconscious in us that, oh, I'm not smart enough to do this. Therefore, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to make some really bad decisions. Uh, things are not going to go well. They're going to fail. And that's going to reinforce my belief. So it's a vicious little cycle when in actuality, if we take you back to that young age, re-imprint a more positive belief, then bring you forward. It doesn't change the events that happen in your life, but you're seeing it through a different, like different set of eyes because now you can go, Oh, Oh, when I, excuse <coughs> me, when I, um, got fired from, from, you know, my first job. Oh, it wasn't because I was, I was stupid or whatever. It was something else. You see it from a different angle because now you're, you've changed your belief about yourself. You didn't change the experience, but now I can make a different meaning about it. And that kind of brings it forward. It's not a one-time thing. You don't just go wake up, you know, after you ha go through a, a session and go, oh, well, that's good. My life is great and, and I can go on and, and do everything. It has to be reinforced every single day. And you do that through, um, I, it's part of my self-care uh, regime uh, to do positive affirmations. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have uh, liquid chalk markers and I actually write on my mirror. Uh, every week I have a different saying, a different affirmation um, this week it says I am worthy. So I see that I go in in the morning throughout the day because now we're working from home and I say I am worthy. I am worthy. And so it is constantly throwing it in my face. Um, and you know, any positive affirmation, you know, <clears throat> um, I can solve any problem uh, that comes my way. Um, I am smart to determine, you know, whatever it is, it's part of that really ingraining those, that positivity in your life. Um, 
you know, one of the, one of the great things that, uh, especially if you write it, it's your affirmation. Um, it seems to really anchor it in. Um, I also wear, um, I'm not wearing it right now, but uh, I also wear a bracelet, which is also uh, another anchor for me. Um, and it has a little tree of life um, mm -hmm. emblem on it, which symbolizes to me that you know, the, the whole beauty of the root system feeds the, the branches and the leaves so a tree can grow and become what it wants to become or what it was meant to become. Uh, and without feeding those roots, without feeding your body that goodness, then the, the tree itself cannot grow and blossom and um, survive. Talking to a florist, so I get that. <laughs> Ex-florist as of today. Um, I can definitely relate to that. Thank you for being so clear on that. One of the things that continues to show up with the guests that I've had on and, and in my own life, my journey the last, especially the last year, is this going back to childhood and reprogramming. There's been different spins on approaches and that kind of thing, but it keeps getting verified or getting growing more and more validity. So I'm definitely a believer. I can't remember that. That's one of my struggles is I can't remember being three or four for whatever reason. Um, but I, I grasped the themes of my life that I believe caused me to do what, you know, the things that I've done. So that's regression. You called it correct. Yes. Okay. Um, you also said that that was one. Do you want to give another example or two of, of other things you might use in your coaching or am I asking for top secret stuff? <laughs> no, we also do a lot of, um, there's a difference between imagining a better version of yourself and doing what they call like a dress rehearsal. So if you, imagine yourself when you close your eyes and you see do a memory okay so if you were to do a memory of um, say you were at the beach so if you were to close your eyes and you're doing a memory how do you see yourself that's the first question that you that we ask because if you see a person in front of you that's you that's you imagining if you see the ocean and you look down and there's your body then that's more of what we a, a rehearsal so that when you are looking at trying to get someone fully into the emotions and the feelings and everything that goes on around if you're trying to look at a better version of themselves. Say for instance, I want to look at me not being addicted to food and being, you know, 20 pounds lighter. Okay. Well, let's take you into that body, step into that body, put, put your hands where their hands are and look out through their eyes and 
what's going on? How are people reacting to them? You know, and so that gives them that feeling complete of what it would be like um, to be that version of themselves. Football players, all pro athletes, when they're training and getting ready for the big day, they actually go through something very similar to how they're going to, oh, I'm going to move this way. I'm going to move that way. I'm going to have the ball. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They actually see themselves through their eyes doing that so that they, it makes them achieve what they have then done a rehearsal on. So the rehearsal part is good. It's good to practice. Oh, yes. The more you practice, the more into getting yourself there that you'll be. Wow. That's completely new to me. So thank you for sharing that. Just <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it's a little ninja trick um, that came out of uh, pro athletes. And um I absolutely love it. Uh, it does take some practice for people to be able to not see it from a, like a third party kind of uh, situation. Um, I struggled in the very beginning because I kept on just seeing, okay, I'm, I'm over there, you know, I'm like the fly on the wall watching the whole scene take place. When in actuality, once I was able to get closer and closer and closer and get into that other version of me, then it just, it all came together and you're like, whoo, yeah, I like this. I think I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work harder at changing those habits. Um, you know, and we don't look at it as let's do, you know, a gigantic overhaul of everything in your life. Um, for some people, they, they may be able to maintain that maybe a week, maybe three days. Um, but if you make little tiny changes, they don't even notice. So then like, you know, after about three months or so, you've made enough of these little teeny tiny changes that it's like, wow, look at this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. And, you know, I'm eating this and, and I'm really loving this. And you really become very curious as to, you know, what's going on in your life. You know, it's like when I always say um, <clears throat> to my kids, your room's a mess. Um, you know, pick one corner start there start small get a win then move on and i use that technique even with my clients because it makes more sense to do something very small get a win and then you feel like a success you feel like you have accomplished something you may not see a 20 pound weight loss you know in in a week a month or you know maybe probably closer to three months, depending on, you know, where, where you're at. But it's the idea that if it's small enough, then you have um, a better chance of 
it's sticking with you longer term. Wow. I, I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> blowing my mind right now. Yeah, it's totally blowing my mind. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it, it's challenging me to think different just listening to you. So are you, I mean, we're, in, we're still a little bit in COVID land. Is this, are these practices things that you can do virtually with oh, people? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's not slowing you down. No, no, it doesn't slow me down at all. Um, as long as, um, you know, we have the ability to chat virtual face to face. <laughs> um, it does make it easier uh, for me to be able to read somebody's body language, um, especially when there's a longer silence because people do have to think and process um, information they everybody's at a little different rate so it makes it easier to see oh are you being distracted by the dog or are you just really thinking um, I've done some on the um, over the phone it's not as easy because uh, you don't you don't see that level of engagement um, I could see that being difficult for sure yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's that's very exciting. It sounds like it has to be an adventure when working with people. Like you probably get different experiences because everybody's different. So it has to be pretty exciting as a coach. It is. It's very exciting. Um, but you know, I I see some trends uh, definitely, and <clears throat> I know you and I had talked a, a little earlier about self care. And which is one of the themes, especially now with COVID, people have just thrown it away. They don't believe that they, they need to take care of themselves. And when you're looking at everything that's going on and you're stressed and rightly so, I mean, this is a totally unprecedented time, um, that level of stress whenever the body's under stress, you have to understand that our body goes into a fight or flight mode. So all of our energy goes to our arms and our legs. There's nothing left for our gut. So if you're eating and eating and eating and eating under that circumstance, your gut can't process it. So you feel bloated, you have terrible indigestion, you know, you're putting, packing on the pounds because your body can't process it. It's just sitting there. Um, and by using some techniques to bring you back into a state of calm, so your body then returns the energy to the gut so that it then can process the food that you want um, or that it needs rather. Um, but there's also mm -hmm. other things to do for self-care that can get you, I use a breathing technique is, is one. Um, there are other techniques where you know, find something that re-energizes you. <clears throat> um, for some people it's crafts, knitting, coloring. I mean, I used to love to color as a kid and picking it up now and as, as an adult, you know, picking up a coloring book may seem kind of silly, but 
it's just a way to relax the mind, get you out of thinking about everything that's going on in, in your, around you in this world and get you focused on, on something small. And self-care can also be as simple as, you know, for us ladies, going in and putting on a facial mask, um, you know, a little, little pampering here and there, going for a walk, just sitting in the sun for, for five to 10 minutes. It's, you know, you have to look at what energize, what, what gives you energy or renews your energy because you can't serve others from an empty cup. So yeah, I mean, I shouldn't say you can't. It's hard. It's really hard. They're not getting the best of you. If your cup is nice and full, then they're getting the best of you and they feel that love and everything from you uh, so much easier. And then you don't feel stressed. Oh, oh my gosh, I gotta, you know, gotta run this and I gotta go over here and do this and oh, the laundry and, and work. And you start getting, your mind starts crazing you out and you're so stressed. And that's when those addictive qualities start to come back in, whether it's sugar or alcohol or even gambling or whatever it is that you're, that you turn to in those times of deep stress, usually when your body is empty, when you, 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 your stress has taken everything out of you and you need to refill that body, refill your, your soul um, by doing some very simple self-care, whether it's yoga, as I said, coloring in a coloring book. I love, I love asking my clients to, what did they love to do as children? What did they love to do? Well, you know what? If you're, you still have the ability to do it, I mean, let's face it, um, I probably wouldn't be able to do some double dutch, but um, yeah, I mean, you think about what you, what you really like to do as, as a kid and you can always be young at heart and pick something back up that, that you really like to do. And you knew that as a kid, that kind of, wow, that just psyched you up and you were, oh yeah, let's go. And you could do it for hours. Um, it's that kind of re-energizing that, that we're looking for in those, those simple self-care uh, things that you can do instead of eating sugar, you know, and, and doing other things. You said so many things there. So many things. <laughs> yeah. So much good stuff in there. So what I talk about with my audience, I was telling you before we went live, you know, that I've done this big COVID stretch. And one of the things that just showed up for me when I was speaking and you kind of said it in a little different format. So I want to call this out, especially for my audience that that's constantly here and hears me talk about the bucket. So when I talk about the, my bucket, I talk about all the negative stuff that we hang on to, the shame and the guilt and all this crap, right? And I'm preaching constantly that we need to empty our bucket of this negative so that we have room for the positive. 
And you just did a beautiful job of describing even more so why it's important. So we have to do the work to get rid of the negative, but we can't take care of anyone else or ourselves if we don't have the positive in there. So you just gave it a new little twist and I appreciate you calling that out. I know it wasn't intentional, but it was beautiful. <laughs> yes. No, it's just, it's, it's just so powerful to understand that we, especially right now with COVID, if you think about your immune system, I mean, if we break it down just to that, when you're under stress, your immune system is fighting. I mean, it's fighting for its life. Now you got this virus out there and you, it's even more important for you not to have that stress in your life. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's so powerful um, in your mind. Um, your, our minds are just this wonderful, powerful entity. And if we look at it and develop it and put all the positive in it every single day, then it, it's like magic. Um, I, I have this <clears throat> exercise that, um, to show how powerful your, your body, your mind really is. Uh, unfortunately it's a visual, but it, it really goes to when you close your eyes and, and you, your, your mind can take over, um, what it believes is true in front of you. And, and um, so I'm filling that cup up with all that positive helps. Yeah. I, I, it's just really resonating with me. There was another thought. Oh, the playing, playing as adults. <laughs> yes. So my dream, part of why I wanted to leave my very well-paying job to, to get to, um, to my dream, I, I gave it up because even though it was good, it wasn't, um, it wasn't going to be lucrative enough to build what I want to build, which is recovery playgrounds is what I'm calling them. Ooh. So the idea is it's going to be, so most addicts, um, generally speaking, an easy way to relapse is from boredom. So I want a place that helps cure the boredom and, and has community and then where adults can play and there's going to be no children around. That's where the name no kid in comes from. Mm -hmm. No kids in is like, they're not going to be allowed <laughs> in my facility. The adults, it's adults only that can play. Um, so it, you're the second influence in the last couple of days where this topic's come up for the need. So I know I'm on the right track <laughs> with, oh, yeah. with this vision of what I want to, what I want to do. So, uh, again, like you're just giving me some really good nuggets. So is there, um, is there anything that you want to touch on specifically that I didn't ask? Like, I, I kind of want to ask you down the road if you'd be willing. You talked about having a partner that's had issues. I, I think maybe we can have another conversation about that if you were willing. 
Sure. Down the road. Um, but is there anything that you want to touch on before we get going today? Um, I don't, but uh, for your listeners, I, um, I do have um, a freebie that they are uh, more than welcome to get. And it is three simple steps, uh, three simple tricks to uh, stop sugar cravings. Ooh, love it. And they to um, get G-E-T dot G-P-S, the number four, alife.com. Okay. And I'll make sure that that is in my show notes. That's awesome. Get dot G-P-S for a life. Yes. Uh, GPS for life is uh, my company name. Um, I deal with finding a road to a better you. Um, therefore, if you use a GPS for your car navigation, why would you not want a GPS for your life and know to be able to get where you want to go uh, without having to uh, make 3000 wrong turns? That is brilliant. <laughs> well, I am navigationally challenged. Uh, I cannot drive my car without my GPS, and I really wouldn't want to live my life without a life GPS. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Well, Anne, I have totally enjoyed this. I'm so glad that we connected and that you were able to share what you're capable of and the kind of services that you offer it's, I, I know that you have a focus on weight loss, but the content that you just shared is so valuable, I think, to anybody and everybody, because I don't think that there's an adult out here that doesn't have beliefs that are limiting to them or those thoughts or those perceptions on the outside looking in. So you, you just did a great job of, of conveying all that, and I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I, it was my pleasure. It, it is universal, um, more than just weight loss um, surgery patients, but <clears throat> it, it, it was the group that I resonated with the most um, because of the overwhelming uh, shame and just feeling like a failure that they have because they went through this very invasive surgery and have now started to regain weight. Some of them are even higher than when they started. Um, and that can just feel, you just want to go into the closet and hide and die. Um, you know, which is, a, which is a whole other suicide prevention. Um, but then they turn, they turn to alcohol or they turn to other substances um, to get them through. Yeah. yeah, I think we're actually recording this on Suicide Prevention Day. No. <laughs> Believe it or not, it won't air that at that time. But um, yeah, I understand having the connection to a certain audience. But you, you described, I mean, I had gone over a month without a cigarette and I've been smoking lately. And I'm, you know, it's the same. I know those feelings. And I know a girl that I mentor, I just got a note today, same thing. Um, she went back and gambled and is having, the, you just described the feelings that we feel. So that's, oh, yeah. that's what I'm connected to really very powerfully is, is 
what you're saying about the feelings. So thank yeah. you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. All right. Well, I'll make sure I have all the information. Thank you again for being here, Anne. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. I'm so grateful to continue to find people smarter than me on so many different topics that tie into our self-care or how to deal with whatever's going on with us. So today I'm going to end it with a quote from Christine Langley Oba. We repeat what we don't repair. Thanks for tuning in, beautiful people. Until next time. And you're well